We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm here with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Yeah, it's great to do a, a Police Off the Cuff one. I've been, I've been doing the real crime episodes, and uh, it's it's fun, but it's this is a little bit looser of a format. We yeah. got some pe- we got some people from down south, and they don't have that southern twang. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so far, we ha- we haven't detected it yet, but uh, yeah, man, I know it takes a lot out of you, man. Those true crime um, uh, podcasts that you're doing are amazing, though. Uh, you, the numbers that you're getting is they're amazing. Uh, my girlfriend listens to it and she loves it, and uh, she shares it. It's it's really amazing stuff what you're doing there. Uh, today, tonight, this evening, we have uh, two very very uh, important guests tonight. Uh, they're here to share the word. Um, they're, uh, basically created the back, the blue North Carolina. We have the founder and CFO, Lindsay Lacasse here, and also the chairman and media of, and in charge of media relations, Gaddy Adelman. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, listen, just before we even start, can you just tell me like, uh, I'm from New York. I rarely get out. Uh, my attitude is why the world comes through us. That's how I am. Whatever. Can you tell me the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina, damn it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess just a borderline. I'm not from North Carolina. I'm from Maryland, so I can't yeah. really answer that. Um, no, it's real simple. Uh, South Carolina is further south. I mean, just look at a map. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. I'm, I'm glad you're educating this northerner, you know? <laughs> but why, why the hell would you even break it up? North, North and South Dakota, same thing. Yeah, there you go. I guess got, I wish we had a North and South New York. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, we should. <laughs> so anyway, the Back to Blue uh, North Carolina was something that I, get, I would imagine, uh, Lindsay, you started, right? And, uh, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, you, you, you were a detective uh, there in I North was. Carolina. And then you, got a, you started having a family. And you, so far, you, you're growing into a big family. You have three kids. And uh, uh, obviously, the Bill's a dad. I'm a dad. I don't know about Gad, uh, Gaddy, but um, yeah, we know that's a big, tr- it's a big job. Uh, and Bill mentioned before we started the show that as a homicide sergeant in Manhattan North, he rarely went home. And you were a detective, so I would imagine that you had to kind of sort of ease on your duties in order to... Right. Yeah. So I was a child abuse detective up in Maryland for the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. And towards the end of my career as a detective, I had my daughter. And I guess serving as a child abuse detective, I found out quickly why it's so important to stay home and raise your own kids. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. See, they, in, in New York City, they have a unit called uh, Special Victims. And there's two parts to it. One is sex crimes and one's child abuse. And it's pretty well recognized that the worst part to be in is child abuse, which is a very tough thing to investigate, as you know. Yes, yes. And our unit handled both. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a tough job, you know. Yeah, you know, I have have a, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say a frequent guest of ours is, uh, we call her Miss Homicide, uh, Emma Rivera. She's a phenomenal detective, and she sits in on a lot of uh, the true crime shows. But she worked with uh, special victims, and uh, it's 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 not easy. That that work is very very hard. 
Yes, it definitely takes an emotional toll. You know, I wanted to play, you guys had asked me to um, to play a, a video uh, that you guys, that sort of explains some of the reasons that this this uh, Back to Blue was founded. And um, I'm going to put that up on the screen right now, add it to the stream. And uh, Brian comes up underneath the uh, driver's mirror, somewhere right around that part of the vehicle. And the fellow drops his hand, his right hand, and pulls a gun and, and shoots through, through the door panel into Ryan. We get that terrible pounding on the door at 5.18 in the morning. And uh, the one you're always afraid of. Sheriff's deputies came and told us that that Ryan had been shot. He had been uh, shot through the uh, lower part of his brain so that there wasn't anything that they could do to try to save his life. He had signed up, of all things, to, to help other people, even in his death, by being an organ donor. And somewhere, Somewhere up in the north central part of America is Ryan's heart is beating. That was his goal in life once he got into high school was to become a deputy sheriff. He wanted to protect the community and he would do everything in his power to do that. He has a daughter and a son. The daughter is now nine, the son is six. So when we heard about it and that they were that Back to Blue NC was going to donate money to Ryan's children. Uh, we were very uh, gratified that such an organization existed to help the deputies and their families in their time of utter need. 1033. 1033 is the radio code for officer needs assistance. Back the Blue NC is there to assist the children and families of North Carolina's law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. Back the Blue NC is 100% volunteer, and you can rest assured that every penny donated is going to the families of these law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. When you join, you will receive this Back the Blue NC lapel pin that you can wear proudly to show that you are supporting North Carolina's men and women in law enforcement. Thank you. Cut off Lindsay. <laughs> oh, that was very moving. Um, you guys are doing wonderful work there. I'm sorry that I jumped the gun. I didn't realize there was more to that video, Lindsay. I'm sorry I cut you out there. You had your starring moment, and here I now no, you, you could do okay. it. You could do it live though if you want. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the one? Uh, I actually I do not. <laughs> You said, I'm Lindsay Lacazzi, founder and CEO of Back to Blue NC, and I'm asking you to join the 1033 assistance program. Thank you. And then you gave us a big smile. <laughs> That's right. That's that great. sounds about right. Well, I, I, could put, I, could put it, I could put it back up there. No, yeah. no, it's okay. All right. get, get, yeah, go ahead. There you go. I'll put it back up there. I'll play it. Show <laughs> back to blue nc.org. Well, that's the end of it. <laughs> well, that's where I stopped it. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of jumped a few seconds there. You know, I got to tell you, Addy, you probably you, you did a good job there. You probably did it better than than Lindsay did it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. I took a few takes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gaddy, <laughs> what was your situation on the job? Are you still on the job? 
So my background's a little bit different. I actually grew up overseas. I grew up in Israel and I served in what back then was called a uh, anti-terrorism unit. Today they call it counterterrorism. And then when I came to the United States, I joined the Navy. And when I got out of the Navy, I actually started teaching counterterrorism to what started as local, then federal law enforcement and went even to the JTTF and the military. So I came in it through a, a backdoor of being more of an instructor than being out on the street. All right. No, that's pretty cool. You know what? Because I'm looking at the name Gaddy Adelman. I'm like, how did you end up? Because you should be in New York, just so you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> how did you end up in North Carolina? How many? I, you know, I figured there were already enough Jews in New York. You've got more there than you have in Israel. <laughs> and let me tell you, man. Oh, right, right where I, uh, right around the corner is Tal's Bagels. Oh, you never, oh, you never had a bagel like Tal's Bagels. Well, Essa Bagels is is also good too, but Tal's is like wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. Uh, you, yeah. You know, one of the things with uh, a group like this, and I, I mean, I got the chills when that officer's father was talking about losing his son. Me too. And that, that he has a, a seven and a nine-year-old. And mm -hmm. it's just like, we we know over the last two years, law enforcement throughout the nation has taken a severe beating from the politics, of course, from the uh, the shooting of George, excuse me, the, the uh, killing of George Floyd. And that... That incident, and I, I never, every single law enforcement officer I've met has condemned that incident, but yet we were all responsible for that in some way. Uh, law enforcement on a national level, level was disparaged over one incident. I'd like to see any other profession disparaged the way we were over a single incident. And that's, that's why we need groups like yours, uh, Black the Blue, North Carolina, because we need the support that supports cops. That's actually exactly why we started, too. Mm -hmm. Explain that, Lindsay, how we how it originally began and why you even contacted me and what it was. Right. So with all the, you know, the disparagement of law enforcement um, dealing with, like you said, the media, the politics, the complete just blowing up of this one, one incident and pretty much demonifying all police officers as a whole, I thought it was just absolutely ridiculous. And it made me very upset to see my brothers and sisters so disparaged over this that I thought, how can I give back to the law enforcement community, um, raise their spirits, just kind of help with their morale, even though I'm not currently serving? So it just started as a Facebook support group. I wanted citizens and law enforcement officers from North Carolina to kind of band together and support each other, maybe plan, you know, rallies where we could go out and we could peacefully show our support. Where, as you saw, the other side was, I want to say rioting. They were rioting instead of protesting. Um, and I didn't want everybody to think that what the media portrayed was true, that they, the, they were the majority. I knew that the majority were supporters of law enforcement. Um, so that's pretty much just how it got started. And then once the group exploded, it evolved into let's throw or host our first peaceful event in our state's capital in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it brought out 
almost 1,500 people that day to come just to show their support in our law enforcement and to show the media that we're here too and we're the majority. You know, 100%, you would think of, uh, especially what was occurring during those riots, as you say, one side called them peaceful protests and the other side called them riots. And I think correctly, they were called riots because peaceful protests don't do billions of dollars worth of, uh, of damage, you know? And that's right. what these uh, peaceful protests, uh, they did. I'm gonna share your first event on the screen. Uh, this was one of the first events you had. Hi, this is Cindy Morelli-Watko and I am at the Back the Blue rally in downtown Raleigh. It's been a while since I've been doing any of these videos because uh, in the beginning we were hopeful that we wouldn't have to do them for very long, that not King Cooper would open up the state of North Carolina, but apparently he's not going to do that. Uh, he wants to keep us locked down until probably after the election. As you know, it has nothing to do with the virus. He just wants to be able to make sure that Donald Trump is not reelected. Well, that's not why we're here. We're all here because we support our police. We understand the importance of law and order. Donald Trump is the law and order candidate. And we're going to find out why some of these people are here today, why they came out to back our blue. So have you ever been to a rally like this before? No, it's my first time. First time to the rally. And what brought you out? Uh, I believe we got to support the police. I, I watch all the social media. I, watch, I, love, I read the newspapers. I know a lot about what's going on on the West Coast and the East Coast. They're not representative of us. This is America right here. Uh, I personally am a 21-year veteran of the Army, United States Army Special Forces, and I feel an allegiance to my brothers in the law enforcement community. We all took the same oath. I'm 1970. I'm 68 years old. I'll keep that oath until the day I die, and I just want them to know if stuff goes the wrong way, we got your six, we'll be here, and we'll be on your side the whole way. Come election time, how are you going to show your support? I'm a Trump guy all the way. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. People need to say that. A lot of people are afraid to say that. But when you come out here like this, I want the other side to know that there's more of us than there are of them. So let's see where it rolls on November 3rd. What brings you out to these rallies? Um, well, I'm just really disappointed that our, our politicians have stopped our police from supporting our communities and keeping them from getting torn down. So I think we need to support our police as much as we can and make sure that the blue line is held and we're not destroying our own, our own self. It's just ridiculous. So have you ever been to a rally like this before? I have not, no ma'am. And what brought you out today? Um, I have been a police wife for 25 years. So it's a big deal to me and my family to support this. And so how is all of this uh, defund the police affecting you personally and your family? I mean, it's just scary. I mean, I, my husband's never really been afraid to go to work and suddenly it's, it's hard to let him go and think that there's not going to be the things that he needs to do his job properly. And what do you think about the fact that just average citizens can come out and do the job that your husband has dedicated his life to doing? I don't think it's possible. I mean, I've lived with him for almost 30 years and I hear what he does every day. There's no way that even I, who know a little bit, could do it. There's just no way. I, I can't see that it would be possible. And would that increase your confidence in living in the United States, knowing average citizens are doing the job your husband's doing, or decrease it? Absolutely decrease it. And how safe would your children be? Not at all. I, I used to feel safe for them, but I don't now. It's scary. Hey, uh, you know, the funny thing is, Facebook has banned 
uh, several groups, law enforcement groups, from promoting their events because they deem it a sensitive subject. So that's that's what they're doing. So, for example, I know you guys have a biking uh, a bike event coming up, motorcycle event coming up in August. Mm -hmm. August, right. you, uh, we'll give you a chance to promote that. But it's funny because that that promotion may get blocked <laughs> because of the fact that they just deem it a sensitive subject. You right, know, and it's go ahead. Sorry, I was good. I was going to say, it's just, it's surprising that none of our events or our group or our page itself have been shut down. And we have feared that for the past year because of the censorship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's really a sad thing because, and that was our first event. You know, we started on July 6th of last year. So we are just now, we've just celebrated our first anniversary. And what started as a Facebook page, a support group on Facebook, has grown into this organization that we are today. We are a 501c3, which means we have IRS nonprofit status, and we are, by being a 501c3, nonpartisan. So that first event back in August 8th of last year was prior to the election, and we had, was it five or six candidates, Lindsay? I think it was six. It was five. Five. Okay, so there was five candidates there that day who spoke, and four of the five were Democrats. We never, we try very, very hard, and we, we do this on our page, and we do this because of our IRS status. We try and remain, and I say try, we try and remain nonpartisan, because it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or conservative or liberal or Republican or libertarian. I don't care what you are. Everybody relies on the police the same way. And whenever somebody's in trouble, regardless of which aisle they're from, whichever side of the aisle they're from, they're going to dial 911. And they don't care whether that officer that shows up is a Republican or a Democrat. And what gets me is how Facebook and these other social media outlets have deemed us because we support the police as being, oh, you're right-wing terrorists. It's like, hey, you know, Joe Reek brings up an interesting thing. He says a lot of law enforcement officers are transitioning to the Lodge app, L-O-D-G-E uh, app. You can see it in the comments because Facebook is causing a lot of problems and threats. It's, it's really sad because we try very, very hard, and, and Lindsay and I spend a good part of our day every day, seven days a week, monitoring, and we have, what, like eight to 12 different moderators on our Facebook page, but we have to go in there and delete things constantly because it gets so political, and, and I, I can understand, don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand how it's become a political situation <laughs> because of the defund and abolish the police movement coming from one particular side and the other side being more supportive of the police. But that doesn't mean that those of us that support the police are all conservative. Many members of our group, and we have over 53,000 Facebook page members, and that's a private group, by the way, you can't just join. You have to ask to join. A lot of people we don't let in. But many of our members are Democrats. Many of our members are law enforcement officers who are Democrats. So, you know, I don't care which way you vote as long as you're going to support the police. That's, that's all I care about. And, and the way this is going, the way it's becoming such a political hot potato is, is really ridiculous. Well, the whole def defund the movement is really just 
when you think of it, it's asinine. Yeah. Because the, what they think was that uh, certain jobs that the police respond to, they could use civilians to do. For example, in New York, we call them EDPs, emotionally disturbed person jobs. And they got so politically correct that they changed that to emotionally distressed people because distressed is such an easier word to swallow uh, than disturbed, you know? Anyway, they think that social workers can respond to those jobs. And if you get any time in law enforcement, you know that EDP jobs are some of the most dangerous jobs you can possibly go on. But all these geniuses, without conferring with police experts and with police academics, criminal justice uh, experts, they just do it. Like in New York City, they have one of the worst city councils you could imagine. And they wrote that law, the diaphragm law, which is just recently reversed by the state Supreme Court. But basically what it did was to put the officers in great danger when making arrests. It said that they could not restrict the diaphragm when handcuffing a perp, which means they couldn't put their knee in the guy's back like they were trained to do in the police academy. Thank God that was reversed, but it could also be appealed and, and go back to what it was, you know. You know, they're actually, and I believe it was two, two and a half weeks ago, was the first death of a social worker up in Washington state because they were sending them out on what used to be handled by police officers. So we've already had somebody die because they've had no training and they're social workers. We have a pilot program. We have a pilot program going on right now in Manhattan North, and the numbers came out last week. So just to give you a breakdown, if you call 911, I guess they evaluate the call. And the, whatever they deem, I don't even know how they do this, but whatever they deem that be nonviolent, um, they send it over to our the unit now that's supposed to be responding to um, those type of calls, emotionally disturbed people. And they get to cherry pick the ones they go on. And out of so they send out a positive report, which I let's I, I don't know the numbers exactly. Let's say there was I don't know 180 calls come in, so they decided to go to like 107 of them or something. I think it was 137 calls came in that they could handle, and they decided to go to 107 of them. So of course the ones they picked were like really like because we have jobs sometimes where. Every day somebody calls up or every other day and you go there and you talk to them. I've, I've, when I was on patrol, I used to go talk to this Indian guy every day. <laughs> we used to go at about noontime, we'd have coffee with him just to calm him down so he doesn't freak out and start drinking early. But those are the ones that they're going to go on. So they, get, they got a positive review. But like you said, somebody already got killed doing this. And I don't know how a 911 operator can... Uh, see over the phone and know what's actually going on there to send these people out there. We'll, we'll see. I, I agree. It's completely, it completely boggles my mind um, because if somebody is emotionally disturbed, you don't know what level they're going to reach, you know, how quickly an incident is going to escalate until you're there dealing with them. That, that's for sure. Someone asked <laughs> for if they could order a back to blue flag I put your website, www.backtobluenc.org slash 1033. When you get on the website, you can make a donation. You can order things on their website. I also put that website in the bottom of our 
uh, on our notes here. So you can just click on it when you go on the uh, YouTube site. So uh, if you want to donate to uh, Back to Blue North Carolina, the website's up there. And you can order you can order buff stuff as we call it, right? <laughs> we've got we've got a lot of merchandise. A flag is not one of them, though. <laughs> right, right. Bill, well, we got I'm shirts. sure they could. Bill, we got to add that to our merch. A flag. A, a flag. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, no one's asked me about my police off the cuff banner. I thought they would be flying off the, those shelves, but they oh, haven't. I'll take one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have a merch page in development right now, and a lot of the stuff is so cool. I can't wait to rock the hat and the shirt um, any awesome. day now. Yeah, I'm excited. Look at how cool that um, Josh is, is the guy that works with us. Behind big dome. You see Bill's big dome there? If you could just go like this, Bill, you can see the – there you go. How cool is that? Yeah, I saw that. That's nice. That's yeah. awesome. And we got white one, a white banner too. We have that emblem on coffee cups and hats and uh I'm gonna get close to our back you know. the blue hat. Yeah, you you're, you're uh, uh you know, as a matter of fact, I think I have your emblem. I pulled it up so I can put it on the screen somewhere. I have it here. Here we go. There's your emblem. Right? That's a pretty nice yeah. piece of that that that's would make a good tattoo. That's funny you mentioned that. We actually yeah. have someone that's not a member of our well, he's a member of our Facebook page, but he's not a member of our staff who's actually getting the tattoo this week. And yeah, no one's a, done that yet that we know of. So that's kind of neat. It, it looks like a tattoo just the way it's sitting there. Well, that was actually hand painted. And that's why if you look at the letters, they're not all the same and it's not a specific font. Lindsay and I helped design that. And a local artist out of Fayetteville. Um, oh, God, forgive me. I just had a brain fart. What's his name, Matt? Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen, thank you. Give him a little plug. Matt Hagen donated that. It's a big painting. And that became our logo. So that's actually uh, now on our, our T-shirts, our polo shirts, our hats, um, our challenge coins, our keychains. I mean, we have a lot of things. Our tumblers. I don't know if you can see it. I got a tumbler on the shelf behind who's, me. Who's this lady in front of this uh, oh, flag hey, with the blue me. line? <laughs> that is, that's actually me in Ohio. We stopped at you know one of those old vape shops. And uh, I saw this huge gorgeous thin blue line flag there so i had to take a picture with it yeah there are people that say that um that causes people trauma when they see a, a blue line <laughs> flag that they, they get all upset about it you know yeah it's or like they don't it's, come in my house it's like when you hear the police siren behind you yeah they're getting all kinds of trauma then you got the back blue back the blue shirts on yep there's all all your merch there I'll go yeah, that's just some of it. We've added to it since then. <laughs> yes. That's great. That's great. But I want to I do want to touch on one thing while you're talking about our merchandise and donating. I want everybody to know if you go to our website, we also have our financial page up. We just posted that on our first anniversary and it's all four quarters, the first year of our organization, but it shows that over 99.7% of every dollar goes back into the organization. And that is unheard of with other charities throughout the United States. You're talking over 99 cents on the dollar. But our new 1033 program, because it's a separate fund and any expenses that are occurred from that are paid for by our merchandise. If you donate to the 1033 program, 100%, dollar for dollar, every penny goes to the families and children of law enforcement officers that are killed in the line of duty. So. It's, it's a huge thing because every one of us from Lindsay on down, every one of our staff members is 100% is volunteer. No one's taken any money out of this 
We're not taking a salary. We're not doing it for that reason. You know, it's a, these uh, uh, 501c3 charities are just amazing. Uh, last night I was on, I don't know if you ever heard of him, David Rader. He runs Midwest Equus Search Program. Yes. And, and they're a uh, privately funded uh, search group that goes all over the world. Yes. It's a search for missing children. They've recovered 400 missing children. They've recovered uh, the dead bodies of 244 people, and they're, they're simply amazing. This guy, David Rader, I can't say enough about him. They I've do seen his they videos. Do. They did a special about him and his group on TV a year or so ago where he was helping law enforcement, not directly helping law enforcement, but asked by the families of victims that – were murdered to help find the, the bodies because he has cadaver dogs. It was very interesting. Right. They, they actually won't go unless they're requested by law enforcement. Right. So That's if law enforcement doesn't, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, he was on our show last night. We're doing a uh, real crime episode of that five-year-old missing girl, Summer Wells uh, from Tennessee. And uh, he, he went there to help search. And uh, right I now. Know what it was? I don't mean to interrupt, Bill. It was Casey. What was her name? Casey. Casey Anthony. Anthony. That's yes. when I saw him on TV. He helped search for her body. Yes, he absolutely did. Mm. They're an unbelievable organization. I can't say enough about them. Mark, we're going to just cut to a quick break, and then we'll be back in a, uh, in a few seconds. We, we're not a 501c3. <laughs> I, don't know what we're, I don't know what we're called. Well, if you've been paying attention to the show tonight, you are become aware that I don't know what the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina is. But apparently, Gaddy hooked me up and told me, if you drive further south, you'll hit South Carolina. And if you're fleeing <laughs> the East Coast, up here, up north, why not go further south? Why not go further south all the way to Myrtle Beach? Doesn't sound doesn't that sound great? Doesn't Myrtle Beach? I've never been there, but it sounds great to me. And that's where I'm planning my move. I'm leaving the Bronx soon and I'm gonna relocate to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And when I do, I'm gonna call Carol Waters from BRG. Carol Waters Realty, her cell phone number's up there, 914-261-6681. And you can uh, find her on email, Carol Waters sells MB, Mary Boy, at gmail.com. That's the Beach Realty Group.com. Uh, look for Carol Waters. Uh, she's been in the business there for a long time now. Uh, she's a native New Yorker. Her husband, um, Robert Mayer, he was uh, a New York City policeman, and then he went on to the fire department. And the two of them together down there, they could get you set up and uh, they'll get you into some beautiful houses, look at some beautiful apartments. And um, that's the move right there, Carol Waters Realty. And folks, if you're a fan of the show, you'll know our, uh, he's a guest, a frequent guest. He's our legal expert, a retired NYPD uh, police officer, Joe Murray, Joe W. Murray. He's an attorney at law now. He was a cop, now he's an attorney, and he's a great attorney, okay? He's a gentleman, and if I ever got in trouble, trust me, um, I don't want to be in jail. I'm too cute. Um, they would take complete <laughs> advantage of me. I'm not much of a fighter. So uh, I'm going to call jmurray-law.com, and he's going to pull me out of it. Like I said, he's a gentleman. He's a frequent guest of the show, and he's a great, great lawyer. And he's going to be 100% committed to your case. So God forbid you ever get in trouble, uh, call jmurray-law.com. Folks, Michael O'Keefe 
was a uh, first grade detective on the NYPD, but he happens to be the author of three novels, Shot to Pieces, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, and Burnt to a Crisp. You can order his books on Amazon.com or on his website, MichaelO'KeefeAuthor.com. Michael O'Keefe was uh, the, the cop who, in 1992, got in a life and death fight with a drug dealer named Kiko Garcia. And luckily, Michael O'Keefe came away from that encounter alive, and Kiko Garcia wound up wound up dead in this. Uh, they had a gunfight at point, point blank range. The book Shot to Pieces is somewhat autobiographical about that incident, and all of his books are amazing. I read all three of them. You can, so you can order them on Amazon.com or his website, MichaelO'KeefeAuthor.com. Police Coffee is an officer-owned business dedicated to crafting the finest coffees and blends. Uh, they like to provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant. And our specialty coffees do not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Our coffee is some of the best you'll find, but it also helps serve an important cause, giving back to our community. 50% of our profits go towards helping family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty. To order coffee and related products, you go to policecoffee.com. Go to the website. There are over seven types of coffee to choose from. 50% of the profits go to officers, families in need. For a 10% discount, use code OTC10. That's off the cuff 10, and you'll get a 10% discount. Wow. We're you know, back. I'm going to have to order, order some of that coffee. I like the, the I, you know, I'm, I'm getting great. I'm getting great feedback from that coffee. People are saying, hey, I ordered some of that coffee. It's fantastic. They're actually – they're out of Utah. I don't know if the gentleman that started that company, the coffee company, watches this, but I got to tell you, the reason Lindsay and I – because we had talked about this at length and even looked into doing it. The reason Lindsay and I decided that we were not going to do Back to Blue NC Coffee was because he's already out there. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he's doing the right thing. You know, yes. Stefan Bennett is his name. He's a, a captain of police. He doesn't like us to tell where he's a captain, but – he um he was on the show actually twice. So Good. Uh, that's great. Well, I and, love that uh, there was one coffee in that ad there. It said defunded decaf. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know, some I didn't let him escape without uh without buying a commercial from us. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. gonna have to order some tonight. Me too. I, I love coffee, man. That's uh you well, know, you I, can't I, be a detective without coffee, right? Oh, well, forget can. about it. Forget uh, about well, maybe it. we should start a donut company then. You know something. You know what's funny? Nobody even has there been somebody to do that. You know, there's a no there's idea. a guy there's a guy on on YouTube, and he's called the Donut Cop. He's got like six million followers. I mean, his channel. He's got to be making crazy, crazy money. But like six million. He's great too. He's excellent. He's really good. He doesn't good. make donuts. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But he just calls himself the Donut Cop. I mean, why wouldn't somebody a uh, uh, a cop make donuts and call it the uh, you know, cop donuts. <laughs> yeah, you, you ever, the donut guys should be selling donuts. You ever see that cartoon where they have a big box of Dunkin' Donuts with, with a piece of wood holding it up and there's a donut underneath it? It's like a <laughs> trap for like a mouse. Right. I, thought yeah. that was so, I thought that was so funny. It was in the back of a precinct. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would say cops don't eat donuts, you know? <laughs> which, which brings up, uh, I remember... Uh, What's his name? Uh, he told us a story about uh, the Dick. What are the Dick Beaters? 
Oh, Porteous. <laughs> sticking here. So there's um, uh, somebody comes over and they bring, like, you know, when you catch a homicide in the city, you know, you're going to be up all night. And somebody comes in, they bring uh, two boxes of donuts for the detectives that are going to be working all night trying to get it, you know, crack to solve this homicide. And all of a sudden, the, what was it, a chief or a captain shows up? It was the chief of detectives with his driver shows and the up. Dri and the driver goes, uh, you know, the just so you know, like if you're a driver of like a big boss, you're basically just driving him all day. You know, everybody is doing detective work and you're just driving the chief. But he goes right for the uh right for the donuts as soon as he comes in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got and his then, hands deep in that donut box, you know. <laughs> but, but then one one detective goes, uh Look, he's got his dick beaters right in the in the donuts. <laughs> but it's like police talk, dick beater. You know, <laughs> think about what yeah. that is. His hands right in the donuts right away. This guy. <laughs> well, somebody's got to come up with a a donut with the white frosting with a thin blue frosting line across it and make it for cops. Oh my God, that's a ground ball right there. I'm telling you, giving away all our money secrets. I know. I can't believe nobody's come up with that. This should be. All right, let's do it. <laughs> it would be that would be the best donuts. You know, Lindsay. One of the things I just wanted to touch upon, and and, and uh, Gaddy too, is that uh, a big problem for all law enforcement agencies right now with the extra added stress is um, PTSD and also officer suicide. And we've uh, done a bunch of shows on police suicide, and we're very passionate about it, uh, even though we're not experts about it. But we bring on experts like Dr. Stephen Washkill, who is. Uh, Mm -hmm. one of the top um, suicide prevention doctors around the New York City area. And he's a, he's a gem of a guy. And have, have you done anything with anti-suicide programs with uh, Back to Blue North Carolina? So two things, and I'm going to jump in here, Lindsay, if you don't mind. The, yeah, the first ahead. one, and if you go to our sponsor page on our website, you'll see there's an organization by a former New York detective, um, Joe Locust, who has an organization called PTSD.help. And that's also his website. He went from New York to Charlotte. He's a detective there and he retired with PTSD and started this organization. And his organization is a little different because it's not just for law enforcement. He covers dispatchers, EMS, firefighters, the whole gamut, any first responder. The other thing that we did, if you go to our website, you can click on the crisis task force where we actually have someone that you can contact or a family member if you don't want to place that phone call in contact. And we actually have a, uh, a fantastic chaplain. She's a chaplain with uh, several different police departments here in North Carolina, but is also associated as the chaplain with the U.S. Marshal Service and the U.S. Uh, Treasury Department, Secret Service. So she heads up our crisis task force and we have had officers and different family members already utilize that where they can contact anonymously she will talk to them point them in the right direction if she can help them herself so yes we we i'm very big on that myself um it's going to be upside down but if you see my tattoo here whoops i yep. got your six with the the semicolon in the front for suicide awareness so I suffer from PTSD from my military experiences. Uh, I don't know if Lindsay wants to say anything about that with her own personal experiences being a child abuse detective, but you guys know, I don't have to tell you, 
especially now with the culture that we have that's so anti-police, we are seeing the numbers in the amount of officers committing suicide has skyrocketed. And, and it's really sad because aside from the fact that they have to worry on the job about being ambushed and being treated the way they're being treated, now we have to worry about them when they're off the clock and what they're going to do on their own time because of PTSD. So it is something that we have on our website and we urge anyone, and they don't have to be in North Carolina. If you need help, please contact our crisis task force and let them get involved. That's great. I think we need more of that. And I think the NYPD has started to change with their, um, the way they respond to uh, people with, uh, you know, emotional problems. Uh, you know, the- Bill knows his story, but I, I get a little PTSD every once in a while. I remember one time when I was on patrol, we went to a restaurant. <laughs> we sat down, we ate, and then uh, I was with my partner. He told me the place was good. And then the owner came over with a check for the food that we ate. And I was like, what's this? And he goes, oh, that's, that's the check. Like, I thought you said this place was good. <laughs> this was a comedy bit that you guys didn't realize he was doing a bit. I, I, I thought he might have been. <laughs> I still get, I get, so I was like, well, we don't, it's not my stories. It's actually Billy's story. Uh, this guy I used to work with, they actually went to a restaurant once and they sat down, they ate, and it was on the word of another guy. So um, when the check came, he said, what's this? And the, the owner goes, oh, that's the check. And he goes, well, uh, <laughs> I didn't, you know, we don't, we don't have this type of money. It was like a hundred and something dollars. He goes, well, how much do you have? He goes, well, I got, I got $5. <laughs> <laughs> Duty so, Ron, thank you so much for the $5 stupid, super sticker. I can't even say this. It's super sticker, super sticker. We're here with Lindsay Lacauzi and Gaddy Edelman, the two leaders of Back to Blue, North Carolina, great organization. Every police department should have a group like this. I agree. You know, and most of them, uh, there's a lot of police departments are starting groups like this because they Mm -hmm. know how important it is to support uh, cops when when the actual organization isn't as supportive as they should be. Yeah, and if you have a group like this, put it on Facebook, start a page. They can't be knocking this off. There has to be a, every every single department, every single unit should have a page that we take up the majority of of a uh, of Facebook that they can't afford to get rid of us. Right. I also feel to, touching on PTSD. I feel like every department needs to start addressing mental health differently and more openly. I know that when I was a detective, even though it wasn't you know too long ago and and things have changed, it was still that. Uh, the atmosphere where you felt like you could not go to your department and say, Hey, I need help. I need somebody to talk to, you know, you had to keep it a secret. And some people don't know how to find the help that they need. Fortunately, I was able to find a a very good personal therapist. Um, But we need to start changing how we look at mental trauma and mental health in police departments. Bill and I have had so many discussions on this. Go ahead, Bill. No, it's just that it used to be that you were stigmatized. And yeah. I think that departments are starting to change to realize that mental health is as important as physical health. And, you know, we get a, we get a bad rap for eating donuts and getting fat, 
And then, you know, you can't, what's the other side of the coin there is having um, maybe a mental breakdown, which, yeah. you know, we all Thank recognize you. that over a long police career, uh, you know, some mental problems can occur, i.e. Right. PTSD, you know. Hey, thank you, uh, Factual Breakdown, for the $5 Super Chat. And Gaddy, you took your head off. You got a nice dome there, man. It's nice. It's pretty. Yeah. Look at that. Believe it or not, when we started the organization, I had a full head of hair. No, I'm kidding. Where did I find that picture? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's God, that's from back from my, uh, my radio and writing days um, when I used to teach counterterrorism. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem is that the percentage of police departments, I should say police agencies, because it's both federal as well as local, throughout the United States do not recognize PTSD as any type of ailment that they should cover. And the reason that Detective Joe Locust started his PTSD organization wasn't so much, and, and forgive me, Joe, if I'm wrong, because I know he'll probably watch this, but. <laughs> It wasn't so much just to help people that had PTSD. It was to fight for officers that were trying to get leave or if they had left the department because of PTSD to get their benefits because that most departments don't even recognize it as being an ailment. So he's fighting an uphill battle. He had to fight it in Charlotte, North Carolina when he left. And, and that's why he started this organization. But what he found was it? it's the whole gamut. It's firefighters. When he told me dispatchers, I got to be honest, I hadn't even thought about that. I cannot imagine being on the radio, dispatching officers who you know to these calls, hearing yeah. what goes on, that they themselves suffer from PTSD in many yeah, cases. They're never going to do it because there'll be too much money. Yeah. There'll be too much money. I mean, you'd have to cover everybody. I mean, in New York, we had 9-11. So everybody who worked uh that yeah. day you know has gotten some type of compensation okay uh, obviously plenty of people have died but people that are like me for example you know with whatever little ailments i have but uh as far as ptsd i mean they still haven't figured out how to like put it into numbers either to like figure out how much ptsd you need to get to get but i say that but it actually is true that if you have that much PTSD that you can't function, they will severance you. They will get you out, but you'll go out on psych, right. which is not, which is not like, uh, it doesn't look good when you go out on psych on the job. Well, not only does it not look good and does it, and not only does it follow you if you're young and you try and start another career, but the problem is, as you know, that if you go out on a psych, you're not going to receive any, if, and if you receive some, you're not going to receive your full benefits. So it, it changes the whole nexus of what's going on in the law enforcement career if you get out on a psychological i don't care what department you're from and that's something that's going to follow you the rest of your life yeah so nobody wants to admit to it you know i think dr stephen washkel uh had the first case on the nypd where he was able to obtain a disability pension for someone with severe ptsd and they wanted to keep that really really quiet because they were afraid that it would open up the floodgates of disability pensions for what we may refer to as a psychological condition. Well, let me tell you, not all wounds are visible. It is extremely serious. You know, Janine in, uh, in the chat room just wrote, PTSD is no joke. And, and I can speak as one who has been suffering with it for years. I'm going to be 60 this year in a couple of months. 
and I've had it for more than most, most of my life, for more than half my life. And it gets worse in my particular case, it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. So, you know, this is something that, that really needs to be, you know, Lindsay and I have talked about this and, you know, maybe someday we'll, we'll go to the state legislature and we'll lobby on behalf of law enforcement in North Carolina for this, but it is something that needs to be at the very least, they need to bring it up and talk about it. Like you 100%. said, they, they don't no. even have numbers for it. Factual well, breakdown in the chat says, my former brother-in-law was in the Red Hook Firehouse. He had a complete breakdown after 9-11, went out on a psych disability. He got on the force late, but he never recovered. That's a shame, uh, factual breakdown. I hope he's doing well now. He had a chance to put some years between that. We're coming up on 20 years uh, post-9-11, and it's like I this was, this was me in December of uh, – what a great picture. <laughs> I got promoted to detective sergeant in December of, of 2001. Oh, so that's my marker of uh, 20 years ago. And let me tell you something. There's no doubt that your sons are your, are your kids. They look yeah. exactly like <laughs> No, no, no. I'm talking about now. Yeah. I'm talking about now. If you see his boys now, they look exactly like him. Uh, <laughs> They're like twins, man. That's crazy. I, you so know, that, now my hair, though, you know, you, my hair's a little whiter. I lost a uh, little bit of it, you know. Uh, but, uh, that's, that's <laughs> you know, we're going to be doing. Don't even go uh, there. <laughs> we're going to be doing a bunch of different shows on to commemorate, not to celebrate, to commemorate the 9-11 uh, attacks. And um, on the 17th of August, I'm actually going to be on the show with three of the detectives that I was with that day. And just to talk about what happened that day and how they're doing now and how, you know, their lives went on after that. I think it's important to talk about that, you yeah, know, because, you know, you see, you see survivors and people 20 years later. How are you mm -hmm. now? In fact, only one of us is still on the job, the Zeddy Jennings. He's got 28 years and he's actually going to be getting three quarters very soon. So uh, I hope he hits that three quarters lottery, on, which on our job is you get a tax-free disability pension, three quarters of your best year. So I pray that he gets that because he's a great guy. And, you know, uh, there's another – people are writing books about it, and there's people that, you know, they suffer every year of their life after 9-11, you know. Mm -hmm. Luckily, luckily we don't. Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders fame, Lieutenant Pete and his wife, Richella. Yeah, PTSD is real. More people have it and don't realize it. Thank you, Lieutenant Pete, for the $5 Super Chat. Lieutenant Pete is a true NYPD legend. Uh, Hi, great Janine. to see you. Hi, Janine. Hey, uh, I got to ask you this, uh, Gaddy, because uh, I know you're from Israel. So the United States just, I think it came, it's a law now that uh, women will be eligible for the draft. In, uh, not, in the U.S.? I think so, yeah. And uh, it's funny because in Israel as well as in Greece. I think you got to serve at least two years, right? Every, if they claim oh, your citizenship, you have to. And yeah, that, and now it, it's, it, a, it's it, a big it, deal it, here because uh, now all of a sudden they're like, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> no, in Israel, it's it's been mandatory since Israel became a country in 1948. It's two years for the females and three for the boys. Mm, all right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, as you know, the, the old saying is the U.S. goes, so does the rest of the world. Israel, of all places, has become, over the last 
15, 20 years, extremely liberal in many areas and in many ways. And a lot of kids, and I, I call them kids because I've got a daughter who's older than the ages of going in the military in Israel. But a lot of the kids in Israel are trying to find ways of getting out of going in the army. And I remember, you know, back when I went in, there were people fighting to get in because for whatever physical ailment, there was one guy, I'll tell you real quick. There was one guy I knew, it's no joke. He was blind in one eye, had a heart ailment and had flat feet. And he fought for three years to get in because he wanted to do his time. And that's mm -hmm. the way the culture was back then. Now you've got kids fighting to get out or not go in at all. So it's uh, really sad how it's changed, but I haven't heard that the U.S. was looking at that. You must be well, talking about it, the service selection. Like well, I, th I think they should draft every single kid that's in, that's in Antifa. Put them in a specialized. <laughs> it put them just, in their own specialized unit. <laughs> women, women in the United States are now eligible for the draft. We don't have a draft, right? So that's we'll probably never have a draft. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the way the war would be in the future. It's never going to be bodies, you know, human beings going out there and fighting. It's going to be somebody Robots. sitting on a computer and sending, uh, you know, missiles. Yeah, don't forget, we still got troops around the world, so. No, I know we do, but I'm just saying it's not like we're going to be invading countries with uh, with soldiers. I don't Let's think so, anyway. I mean, you know better than I do. Let us hope not. That's, that's yeah, all yeah, I yeah. So don't say, don't about, say that. Um, in, hey, Mark, don't say that in front of a Marine. He'll be like, Hoorah! You don't get rid well, of the Marines. <laughs> no, I'm not saying get rid. I'm not saying get rid of anything. I'm just saying uh, I, I don't anticipate the wars of the future being like the wars of the past. That's it. But I want to get to uh, because we're running out of time here. Um, tell us about the biking event that you you have coming up. So August the 14th in Thomasville. Um, we're actually not hosting it, but we're attending it. It is a um, bikers back the blue event. And if you go to our Facebook page or our website, backthebluenc.org, you can see more details about the event. Um, so this is the second annual one and a lot of biker groups come out to just ride and show support for police departments. It is an escorted ride by Randolph and Davidson County Sheriff's officers. And they are also raising funds for the canine departments of those two counties. Um, like I said, last year we attended and we have been invited to come back and, and attend again and help fundraise and just be a presence and help show support. And um, in order to, uh, so it's $10.33 a month. Is that what it is uh, you're asking? I, I know. So that, that is, um, that is for 1033 assistance program. That is um, the minimum monthly donation you can make to our program, but for the biker event, it is a $20 registration fee. Oh, okay. And all of those monies donated go to the canine departments of Randolph and Davidson counties. That's great. You, you know, have you guys ever heard of KK Schiller? I don't think she, so. Yeah, she, she, runs, she runs an organization called Canines for, uh, for Us. And hmm. they'll actually supply canines for free the police departments across the country. It's an amazing, wow. we had her on the show. It's an yeah. amazing organization. So small departments that can't afford to buy or train a canine, they'll supply it for them. It's, it's are, are like 10 grand easy. Oh, right, absolutely. that's wonderful. That's great. That's phenomenal. I have spoken to some 
chiefs of police who say we can't even afford the basic necessities like handcuffs or, or enough tasers for the officers mm -hmm. on patrol. We have to share tasers. It's crazy the lack of funding there is in some of these departments. So but I can't imagine. To fund more. Yeah, still wanted to fund the police. Um, so I can't imagine the struggle in trying to get something as large as a canine. Yeah, well, KK Schiller, canines for canines for cops is what it's called. Steve Cologne, thank you so much for the 999 super chat. He says another great show, Lindsay and Gaddy. Thanks for all you do. You know, thank one you. of the things when we spoke to um to Steve Rader, uh excuse me, David Rader from Equus Search, he says, and it's really heart heartfelt that he believes there's way more good people in this world than there are bad people. And here's a guy who's searching for bodies, you know, six months out of the year and has been on some of the biggest searches, cases that in the world. And mm -hmm. he still keeps a, a magnificent personal outlook and very positive outlook. And, you know, it's my pleasure to – one of the things Mark and I say all the time is one of the reasons we love to do this show is the amazing people we get to meet. Yeah, you guys started out uh, wanting to do the right thing you know, over there in North Carolina, and that's what Bill and I started out wanting to do, just uh, send positive stories of great law enforcement, uh, of people that are involved in law. It's, it, it expanded. It used to be just for cops who did great heroic deeds. Then it just it just kept expanding. And, um, and now we're in other states, other countries, we get a chance to talk to people. So it's just it's been an amazing ride. But the whole idea is to spread the word, you know, positive. Mm -hmm. No, and I, sure. I agree, you know, there are more more good people than there are bad because we'd have total anarchy if it were the other way around. And, and Lindsay and I have been blessed over the last year, just like you guys, the people that we meet at these events, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, it's really amazing. And, you know, people thank us for what we do. No, don't thank us. Thank the cops that you see on the street. You know, if they're in line in front of you at a Starbucks, buy their coffee for them. You know, first I mean, of all, first of all, don't go into a Starbucks. Well, Get your yeah, coffee I, somewhere I else. The <laughs> one time I, I have a, a, a slip up. That's you right. Know, Dunkin' Donuts. But what yeah, happened? Yeah, right, you know, right. I'm a cup of coffee. Just say thank you for your service. And I'm a, a real proponent of doing that with the military. But there's no reason you can't say that to first responders. So you know that that would mean, especially in today's society. You walk up to a cop and say thank you and see the response you'll get because they don't hear that enough. No, nah, he'll light up, and so will people in the nah. military. You know, buy their get, meal. Get buy him a scoop. Meal. Get him a scoop of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, damn it. There's well, another ben thing I don't want you buying. Ben don't buy Ben and Jerry's, Starbucks, Ben and Jerry's. I've been boycotting them for years. Nike. Thank you. Yeah. No Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, no Ben and Jerry's. I wouldn't eat that ice cream. It was the last ice cream on this earth. <laughs> They're they're uh, they're part. I, of I got triggered. Did you see that? That's my PTSD. I got triggered. What I what I learned in the academy hooked. They hooked my child. He hooked my child right there. I don't think that? I've ever had Ben and Jerry's ice cream. As soon as well, I, I got never, on the job, it's not that good. It's not no. that good. As as I got on the job. Somebody told me don't eat that, and I I never I've never had it. I didn't have. I it told my kids when they were younger, don't ever bring that ice cream in this house. You know. Uh, don't ever. I will throw it right out into the garbage. Well, now they, they won't hit, touch it. You know, they hit a, uh, They had a big problem right now because they decided, I don't know what they did, but they messed up with Israel. Yes. Um, that's what I was saying. They're, they're, and so, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. So, everyone boycott Ben and Jerry's. 
They yeah, also they of- also backed the guy who killed William Faulkner, Abu yeah. Jamal. Oh, and so, that, that's all I had so to hear. They are done. Yeah. yeah. They're so far left. They're like, forget it. They're, all, but they're part of the BDS. They're in, they're in Hawaii. They're so far left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, I, they're part of the boycott, divest uh, I, I sanctions think, of Israel. So, if I recall, I think they backed up heavily on that. Like, they, they had a release. It's too late now. Yeah, yeah, it's too late. You can't piss off a Jew and then say, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> so folks if you're not subscribed to police off the cuff please go on youtube hit the subscribe button give us a thumbs up and ring that bell we also have a patreon uh you can join our patreon we give extra content to our patreon members there's our patreon address right there on the screen we're on instagram uh that's who i am where's mark here's who mark is Retired I'll be, uh, detective this I'm going to be lit. adding adding to um, the uh, the Patreon tomorrow with the with a new uh, a crime time with Mark DeMeo. Excellent. So Excellent. Uh, yeah, if you if you subscribe to our Patreon, uh, you help us out a lot. It, it helps us produce the show, and um, it's important to run in the show. And if you subscribe, you get a you know extra content there. And Bill has his true crime. I have my episodes that that I do the the true stories and the crime stories. Uh, Lindsay, final words. First, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on tonight. I've been watching you guys like weekly, daily almost, like getting posted on our on our group. And so it's a pleasure to finally be on here and talk to you guys. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to meet the girl that stood in front of that big blue flag there, you know? <laughs> I shouldn't say girl, the lady, the woman. Woman. I, I'm, still, I'm still lost and, you know. Don't trigger me. No, <laughs> you might get triggered and I'll hook your child you there. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it has been a pleasure talking to you guys. And thank you so much for showcasing our nonprofit, Back to Blue NC. Uh, final words, just make sure you visit our website, backtobluenc.org. Um, definitely check out our new 1033 assistance program. Uh, read up on that, the inspiration behind it, how you can contribute and donate and how 100% of your money donated goes to the families of fallen officers here in North Carolina. That's great. Gaddy, you got any final words? I'm, I'm just going to double on what Lindsay said. First, thank you, gentlemen, for having us on, if I can call you gentlemen detectives. Uh, thank you for having us on this evening. Bill, we do see you on our Facebook page uh, at least once a week when you're posting these podcasts. And, and we love <laughs> a lot. You, um, you, you need to be more active on the page if you have time. but. Our 1033 program, I really cannot stress enough, you know, there's other organizations out there that are $19 a month, $11 a month. For $10.33 a month, less than you spend per week at your local coffee shop, for 1033 a month, you can help the children of officers in North Carolina that have laid down their lives to help keep you safe. And, And I just, it hasn't been as, popular for lack of a better term. It hasn't taken off the way Lindsay and I had hoped it would. We've gotten some some people involved, but we really, really could use more because that money's just going to sit there until the next officer, unfortunately, as we all know, it will happen till the next officer is killed in the line of duty. And then we'll be there to help pick up those pieces. So please go to the 1033 page on our website. That's great. Actually, I just uh, noticed in the chat here, they go by factual breakdown, said they yes. joined the assistance program. So thank you so much. 
Yes, Factual Breakdown said earlier they live in North Carolina. Thank you, Factual. That's great. Yeah, there's some there's awesome. some great there's some great people that are su subscribers to our channel. Some great people that are in the chat all the time, and uh, you know we really appreciate all these folks. And uh, Mark, final words. Oh, thank you, Factual Breakdown, and uh, thank you, Gaddy and Lindsay for joining us tonight. You were great, great guests. I, I hope you had fun. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. All right, good, good. So, so guys, it's uh, it's like an hour and three minutes. This is usually when we sign off. I'm Bill Cannon, and on behalf of Bill Cannon and Mark DeBeo, this is Police Off the Cuff After Hours. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Good night now. Good night. Thank you. Good night.